thankful for your continued faithfulness as you uh, are here. We were, I am pleasantly surprised when weather is an issue, uh, anybody showing up is a good thing. So thank you for coming and, and, and worshiping with us today. We're glad you're here on this, uh, on this wonderful day. I want you to get your bulletins out. If you're watching online and you received your bulletin in the email, you can jot down some notes today as the Lord leads you to. Uh, you don't have an outline this morning. I'm taking a page out of my brother's book of letting the Spirit lead you as to what you write down and what the Spirit tends to, to give you to remember today. I'm trusting the Lord today, amen? amen. And uh, I, I trust the Lord every week as, I, as I'm humbled to bring His Word to, to you, His people, and I pray that His Word would pierce our hearts today, that it would pierce us, that it would challenge us, that it would convict us, that it would encourage us, that it would uplift us, Amen. All in favor say aye. Aye. Amen. Today is Super Sunday in our world, in our nation, uh, in the sense of there's a lot of people that are worshiping today at at an altar of a bad God. Amen. But it is reality. It's happening and it's okay. It's part of life and that's what's happening. So I wanted to kind of speak to that a little bit, but in a biblical sense, as we talk about the reality that this life is important, that the life we're living matters. And in fact, we're all giving a choice that we have to make a decision because it all comes down to this. It all comes down to this moment, this decision, this day. So with that in mind, I need two volunteers that want to help me today. Two volunteers. Just, just raise your hand. Just two. I can only have two. Stormy? No? Cecilia? Here, uh, Tyler and Laura, why don't you come? Why don't you come? You're dressed for the day. I just voluntold them. That's what they get for wearing chief's gear at church. So as you can see, Tyler and Laura, they didn't know this, but uh, I did not prep them for this, okay? They, they have no clue what they're get, about to get into. Um, but here's the deal. You guys have to help them, okay? You have to help them. So here's what they're going to do. These two are our captains, okay? They're our captains. There's, Tyler, you come over here. I know you, need, you don't like to be separated from your lovely bride. I get it. But for today, you guys are on opposing teams, Okay? Opposing teams. Tyler is one captain. Laura is another captain. If they come to you and tap you on your shoulder, I need you to come forward with them, okay? They're going to pick teams today, okay? I want you to pick out four more people, four more people for your team, okay? So there's a five total. Get that four plus one is five, okay? All right, five. Here we go. All right, really quick. Four more people. Go. I don't know, do you? You're picking four people. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> All right, when they pick you, come on up front. Come on up front and stand in the front here. One, two, three, four, one. Laura's being very meticulous. She's, she's choosing wisely. 
Awesome. Give them a hand, would you? Give them a hand. All right, so now, come, come a little closer here, this, this side. Come, come to the middle just a little bit right here, right here, and just kind of stand here facing the crowd just like you were. Good. All right, so now, now we get to decide, um, congregation, okay? Which team do you want to be on? <laughs> Which team would you choose? And, and, and maybe I asked these teammates that they were chosen by. Are you happy with your team? As you look up and down your line, you happy with your team? You good with it? You good with your team? Nobody's even, except Tyler's asked what we're doing, you know? <laughs> you know, we, we choose our teams based on a criteria, don't we? And sometimes we have to ask a question. What are we doing? What game are we playing? No offense, guys, and, and except for my daughter over here, if we're having a beauty contest, this team would probably win, amen? <laughs> if, we're, if we're getting into a fight, I probably want to be over here. <laughs> so it matters what we're doing, doesn't it? it and we, we have to ask questions. What are we doing? You might ask the question, what game are we playing? What skills are needed to do this? You may even just pick a team based on who your friend chose. You see, we all make decisions based on various different criteria. So today, I want you to think about this. Think about which team you would choose because this choice you're going to make Everything comes down to this. Everything comes down to this. You guys can be seated. Thank you for your help. Give them a hand, would you? Give them a hand. So the team's been put together. When a team is put together, usually we need to know what the purpose is, what the goal is of the team. We play a game to win the game. Amen? I'm a parent in this generation, and I understand that. I'm, I'm kind of old school in the sense of, as a parent, I, I, did not, I do not really care for participation trophies. Uh, when you're playing a game, you play to win. You, you do something, you do it with purpose, you do it with intentionality, you go all out, you do it to win. A famous football coach did say once he got into a press conference and got real heated he goes you play to win the game you play to win the game and here's the really cool part about that it's biblical it's in the scriptures first corinthians 9 24 says you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race everyone runs but only one wins run to win Run to win. Winning the prize costs something. It, you don't just get a trophy or a ribbon for showing up. You must be willing to make a sacrifice to be on the team to win the game. And in our text today, we read a story about being on the team. 
And I want us to look at a closer look of this story and a few other stories from Scripture today because I want you to get this theme. I've said it a couple times already, and this is, this is very important. I want you to realize everything today comes down to this. It comes down to this. It's vitally important for us to make the decision. So I wanted to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. If you're following along on your phone or your tablet or your device, Matthew chapter 4. If you're looking it up in your Bible, I'll give you a minute to get there. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read verses 18 through 22 this morning. You follow along as I read from God's Word from Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Wouldn't that be a fun job, Don? Fishing for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Father God, we thank you for your word. As we look closer at your word this morning, Would you open our ears and our hearts to hear what you have to say to us? Would you hide me behind your cross? And would you speak your voice to us today? We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Jesus' ministry is about to start in this passage. He's about to, to get rolling, and he needs to assemble his team. He's beginning his team. He wants to pick some people that he could begin to train, that he could begin to pour into, that he could begin to teach, that he, be, he could begin to use. And we see in this picture, in this passage of Scripture, we see that Jesus is selecting his first round picks. His first round picks. He is assembling his dream team. Simon Peter. Andrew. James, John. In this context, those names are famous. Those names don't even need a last name, do they? We know in this context who Simon Peter is. We know who Andrew is. We know who James and John are. They become famous for being Jesus' first round picks. Let me see if you've heard some of these names. Joe Burrow. Anthony Edwards, Spencer Torkelson, Alexis Lafreniere. I butchered that last one. Anybody know who those are? They are this past year's first round picks in all of the major sports. Or maybe you've heard these names, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. Maybe it's these names, Zion Williamson, DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons. Or maybe you're like me and you're a little nostalgic, so you recognize names like John Elway. <laughs> yeah, 
John Elway or Lawrence Taylor or Walter Payton. Who are these? These are first-round picks. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, Magic Johnson. You see, you don't really see this happen too often anymore, but there's times when these first-round picks, they get chosen by their teams, and then they decide, you know what, I don't really want to play for you. And they either told people that are picking, the, picking in that spot that they're not going to play for that team, or they, they get drafted by this team and they decide, you know what, I'm just going to sit here until a better deal comes along. And they make a choice in that moment because they're at a crossroads moment in time where they're being forced to make a decision. You see, in these crossroad moments of life, they have to decide because at that moment in their life, everything comes down to that decision. Sometimes in our own life, we get to a crossroads moment where we have to make a decision. It's something that hits us in just a matter of moment, and it all comes down to that moment and that decision. What if I choose the wrong person? What if I make a mistake? What if I'm not good enough? What if nobody wants to play on my team? You see, we all are faced with a crossroads decision in our life. So this morning, I want to tell about two stories where people have to think about and make a big decision at a crossroads moment. Maybe you can relate to some of these. First, the first story I want us to, to look at a little bit closer is from our text. Jesus is assembling his team. He's going up and down the seashore looking for the right people, trying to decide who is going to be his first round pick. And he finds four guys, two sets of brothers, and he calls out to them, come and follow me. He invites them. He chooses them. Both sets of brothers are in the middle of their jobs. They're working hard. They're fishermen. They fish for a living, and so the, they're, they're coming in from the, the night's fish, and they're, they're trying to get ready to go about their day. Peter and Andrew are working on their nets. It's their business. It's their livelihood. It's, it's how they earn a living. It's, it's everything that they know. And Jesus calls to them. He simply says, come, follow me. Now, I, I believe that the Bible is, is true, and you said Amen. The Bible is true. The, this text tells us in Matthew, Matthew was, if you, if you know a little bit about Matthew, Matthew was very detailed. He was, he was an accountant by trade. He was a tax collector. And so he took care of the books. He was, he was very detail-focused. And so I can't imagine Matthew leaving out critical parts of this conversation. And so what Matthew records is what we read. And he says that Jesus says to these brothers, simply, come follow me. That's all he says. We don't know if there's another exchange between them. All we know is that what Matthew records next is vitally important. Peter and Andrew are at a crossroads moment. Somebody comes and invites them. To make a decision. Peter, Andrew, you fish for a living. Now I want to teach you how to fish for men. 
Come, follow me. We get to know Peter a little bit later on in his life. We get to see how bold he was, how brash he was. But Peter was also very spontaneous, if you will. And the Bible tells us that immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. Immediately. They were at a crossroads decision and they decided, I'm going to leave my livelihood. I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to leave my boat. I was talking to Pastor Greg this morning. I said, this to me blows my mind. I'm scared even in Pittsfield to go warm my car up in the morning. I put the key in and I turn it on. It's running. Anybody can come take that car. It, it, it worries me. I, I get anxious about it. And these guys, I got a boat, a fishing boat, and all of their gear, and all of their livelihood, and they just leave it. They just leave it. You see, they were at a crossroads decision. They had to decide, do we stay in our current situation, or do we follow this Jesus person? second story I want us to look at today is a story that you can find in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9 is where you find this story. And we read about Saul's crossroad decision. You see, Saul was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader in the day. He was a churchman, if you will. And Saul begins hearing about Jesus and all that's going on. And he begins uttering threats with every breath, the scripture says. So much so that he is eager, the Bible says, eager to kill the Lord's followers. He's supposedly a very religious person, and yet he wants to kill people. No, that's not an excuse for us to have thoughts about murdering people, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But he's supposed to be the good guy. And yet he's uttering threats with every breath, and he's eager to kill the Lord's people. You know what this reminded me of? When I played basketball, we would go out and we'd start warming up for the game, and we'd be, we'd be doing our layup line and, and passing and stretching and getting ready. And every single game, every single game while we're in the layup line, the basket may be over here, and we're looking over here. Why? We're looking at the other team. We're sizing them up. I think that's what Saul was doing. He was intimidated by the other team. He was intimidated by the Lord's followers, and so he thought, you know, the only way that I can beat him is to kill him. I'll just get rid of him. And Saul's going about his way. He gets a letter from the king. He's, he's traveling around imprisoning Christ's followers. And then he's on his way to Damascus, and he gets blinded by a bright light. And a loud voice from heaven says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then we read in chapter 9, verse 6, we read these words. Jesus says to Saul, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Let me read that again. Now get up. There's not a question there. Go into the city there's not a suggestion. And you will be told what you must do. He's not debating with Saul. He's given him a crossroads decision to make. Here's what I want you to do, Saul. 
I want you to come and do what I say. I want you to do and stop persecuting me. I want you on my team, but you got to do it my way. He tells him exactly what he must do. And Saul is found at a place where he's at a crossroads point in his life and he has to choose. Do I follow this loud voice, the one that I've been fighting against, or do I continue on my personal mission? So what does that mean for us? My question to you would be maybe, what's your personal mission? Whose team are you on? Are you ever at a crossroads decision and the only thing you think about is what's going to benefit you? Are you at a crossroads decision and all you think about is how can I make the more money? How can I get the better job? How can I find the right spouse? How can I figure out about what the next plan is for my future? How can I move past this? Maybe you get to a crossroads decision and you're like, I've got to have a better home. I've got to have a better car. I've got to have better things. I've got to have nicer things. I've got to advance. I've got to keep moving forward. And our personal mission may not be in line with what God's is. So here are the facts that we know so far. You get to choose which team you're going to be on. You can live for yourself, try to win the game on your own, But here's another fact. God created you. He loves you. And he wants you on his team. You get to choose the team. You're at a crossroads decision. And it all comes down to this. What decision are you going to make? The second thing we need to see is that it comes down to this. Are you going to be on the winning team or not? Being on the winning team takes a lot. Today's the Super Bowl Sunday. It's the pinnacle of the football season in American football. Two teams have made it to this last game. But I guarantee you, when you wake up tomorrow morning, if the Lord allows us another day, there will only be one winner of that game. Only one team will win. There won't be a tie. There won't be two winners. They won't decide to just not play the game and give both teams a trophy. That doesn't work that way. One team will win. One team is the winning team. Both teams drafted players. Both teams practiced hard. Both teams overcame obstacles. Both teams feel as if they're deserving, but only one team can win. Aren't you glad that God's team is undefeated? His team is the team that's winning. His team that's in the end. If you go to the back of the book, we win. God's choosing you to play on his team. Why? Why would we choose to be on a losing team? Because we want to be selfish. We want to do it our way. We want to go about the game plan our way. Coach says to do this, but I want to do this. No, we get to decide. We're at a crossroads decision, and the winning team is God's team. In our text, Peter and Andrew were at a crossroads. Jesus picks them first. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He's, he's going to tell them how to be disciple makers, to make Christ followers. Why? Because Jesus knows it all comes down to this. Kingdom building. Living for Jesus. He picks these two because he says, we need more like you. We need more that will immediately leave everything and follow 
me. You see, they've decided it was worth the sacrifice. They decided it was worth leaving their boat, leaving their nets, leaving their livelihood. I've read some commentators that they pour into to Peter's life a little bit more. And, and I don't know this as a fact. I'm just going off of what I've read from commentators that have studied the, the content of the Scriptures. It was likely that Peter had a fiancé. He had a family that was in the making. We don't know that for sure, so please don't quote me on that. But it's, it's not in Scripture, so we don't know that for sure. But that's what the, the commentators are saying. So Peter, in essence, is leaving a job, leaving a livelihood. He's leaving his future. Everything that he's been working for. And he's putting it aside. He's saying, you know what? Jesus, there's something about you. You just look like a winner. I think I'll follow you. And Peter and Andrew follow. James and John, they not only had to leave their boats, their dad's sitting in the boat. And the Bible says they left their dad and everything else to follow Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My dad is a Christ follower. And I'm thankful for the legacy that he's living in my life. But can you just imagine leaving behind your parent? Saying, you know what? I got to go. I'm leaving everything. Why? Because I believe the sacrifice for winning is worth it. I believe that it's going to take sacrifice to be on the winning team. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take hardships. It's going to take a commitment and a desire to win. Saul was told to go into a city, and he'd be told what to do next. Saul was at the crossroads moment. Do I keep persecuting the winning team, or do I join them? You know, it happens so many times in professional sports nowadays, where if they can't win with one team, they just go join the other team that's winning. It just, it just is, it's, it's, it's habitual. It's becoming the norm. If I can't win here, I'm going to go there and win. And they change teams. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad for this in the context of real life. Because Jesus says, you know what, I want you to switch teams. I want you to switch teams. I don't want you to keep flopping back and forth. But I want you to leave the bad team and I want you to join my team. I'm picking you. You're going to be a starter in my team. I want you to come. Follow me. And Saul had to decide, you know what, do I go with the team that I'm currently on or do I go with the new team? Saul was chosen by God and Jesus was the voice that was calling him out. And in verse 15, we read that Saul goes into the city and there's another man by the name of Ananias that's in the city. And God appears to Ananias in a dream and he tells Ananias to go and get Saul. Now, Ananias is a Christ follower, and he knows what Saul's been doing, and he's scared. And he says, Lord, I can't. You know what this guy's doing. And this is what we read in verse 15. Check this out. This is so good. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. 
Jesus is picking Saul right off off the heap of the the losing team and saying, I want you, buddy, to go over here and I want you to spread the good news to everyone. You're going to be my first round pick. I'm going to get your head straight. You see, it's important for us to realize at the crossroads moment in our life, we're faced with the reality of what's at stake. Living for ourselves or following Christ. You see, it all comes down to this. Do you have what it takes to be on the winning team? God is choosing you today. Will you join his team? The last thing we need to look at today is we, we know a winning team by the final score. The final score, it all comes down to this. It's the final score. we got to look up on the scoreboard. I've been watching my son play basketball these last couple days, and the last thing, once that final horn hits, first place I look, scoreboard. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the final score to see who won the game. We look for the final score because it all comes down to this. We're at a crossroads moment. Will we choose self our own way, our own strength, our own power, or will we choose God's team? I want to, you to hear another story today. This man was a former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback, Trent Dilfer. He wasn't the first round pick, but he did end up winning a Super Bowl title. He's not going to be remembered as one of the greatest players to ever play the game, but he too was at a crossroads moment in his life. And he had to decide if he was going to continue to play the game, continue to live life for God's team or his own self. Let's, let's watch this clip. In 2003, my son Trevin... Uh, was five and a half at the time. We were at Disneyland for a family vacation. And uh, we went down to Disneyland doing the Disneyland thing, and he gets a cold. You have four kids, kids get sick, it's never fun, but you kind of develop a rhythm for when they're gonna bounce back. And uh, he wasn't bouncing back. Uh, even on the ride home, you know, we couldn't cheer him up. He got real listless, real, like, had no energy, and his skin color was different. So we take him to the emergency room, and. They weren't real worried. They did some blood work and they they gave him a bunch of fluids and, you know, they said he was dehydrated. And and maybe they were going to look at him overnight because there were some possible signs in the blood work of some hepatitis possibilities. But it was like one of those, okay, everything's fine. I mean, nobody was panicked. So I was to go home and, uh, and be with the other three girls. It's not, I mean, I'm not home for five minutes. I get this call that, hey, uh, on the way to the hospital, your son's heart stopped. I run in and and the the first thing I remember seeing is a team of doctors um, all hovering over my son and, you know, trying to resuscitate him. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Rush Sell said, oh, great news. We had one nurse that was able to keep his heart pumping enough for us to put this ECMO unit on him which is a heart-lung bypass machine. Over the next, I want to say, six to eight hours, it became, but he can't stay on this unit here. He has to be transported. 
All the medical transport units for this machine are in Iraq because we just started the war. He can go to Stanford, he can go to the University of Michigan, but we can't get him to either. My great friend drove us in the Suburban behind the ambulance, and it was the worst two and a half hour drive in the history of the world, because every bump you went over, we weren't sure if he made it. And now he's in ICU. He's on this heart-lung bypass machine. Uh, we set up what they called Camp Trevin. Uh, at Lucille Packard, and with so many people that just loved us, they basically just stopped their lives. I mean, that's where I am. So many people laid down their lives, um, in a sense, to love on us and to care for us in this time. And, and uh, he was on this machine for 40 days at Stanford. my life is when we found out that we had to take Trevin off life support. We were staying in this little back room, these cots at Lucille Packard. We went back there, we prayed together, and she goes, can you leave me alone for a little bit? And I said, sure, and I walked out. I've never heard a, a, a scream of more pain than I heard from her. It was like through two walls into another room, and she was crying out to God. I was so amazed that she had the maturity to be willing to scream out to God. Terrific, and I, I'm not here to say it's not, but What's equally awesome is that we have a God that um, volunteered that for his son on our behalf. I mean, people say, why would you believe in this Jesus? Like, come on. And, and I, the cynics, and I, I get it. And I simply say, you have no idea. I've experienced a peace during the greatest time of loss any parent could ever have that is so real. I mean, truly, I feel like it washes over me at times. It all comes down to this. The choice is up to you. The good news today, you are loved. God loves you so much. 
The Bible says that you are his masterpiece. That before you were in your mother's womb, God loved you. God wants to have a close and personal relationship with you. And God is calling you to be on his team today. Here's the bad news, the reality. We cannot be on his team if we're living for ourselves. You can't ride the fence. You can't wear two uniforms. You can't be on both teams. You see, living for oneself means that we're living in sin. And sin is the only thing that will separate us from having a relationship with God. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from his love. He always wants us on his team. He will always choose you to be his first round pick. He will always want to put you in the game. But it's our choice if we're going to play for him. Therefore, it all comes down to this. And just as Trent Dilfer said, God sacrificed, volunteered his son to help you make this decision. So I'm going to ask our, our praise band to come back up front. We're going to, we're going to sing a song of invitation, but I want, I want you to know as they're coming that this decision, it's, it's, not, it's not just about, I want to be very careful, okay? Because I don't want to make this seem that it's, that all you got to do is this one thing and then you're going to heaven. No, but this is the start. This is the first step. You've been chosen to be on the team. You've been chosen to be put in the game. And it's simple to make your decision. It's as simple as ABC. Simple. A, it comes down to this. You've got to, you've got to ex- admit that we are a sinner. You have to admit that you're living for self, that you don't have all the answers, that, that it's your team's not winning. We have to acknowledge that. We have to admit that. I can't do this on my own. And then B, we must believe that Jesus Christ is who he says. We've got to believe that Jesus came from heaven and he lived on this earth and he died a, a criminal's death. Why? Because he was taking your sin and my sin upon his shoulders and he paid the ultimate price for you to be on God's team. You've got to believe it, though. You've got to believe Jesus did that for you. And finally, see, you have to confess and repent of our sins. Well, pastor, what does that really mean? It means, you know, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth, confess means we're, we're acknowledging, we're admitting, we're, we're declaring, we're saying it. It's, it's an audible acknowledgement that we don't have it right. I've messed up. I confess that I am living for self. I confess that my attitude stinks, that I want to, I'm more like Saul than I am like Peter and Andrew and James and John. I might be here in church or I might be watching online, but I just think this is a joke. I confess that to you today, God. It's not too late. It all comes down to this moment. You're at a crossroads. The winning team's calling your name. 
It's as easy as ABC. When we come to him and we confess our sins, we repent. What's that mean? It means we turn away from him. I'm going one way. I'm living for self. But now I'm coming over here and I'm putting on a new jersey. Putting on a new jersey. Because I'm on the winning team. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm not going to live for self. I want to win. I want the trophy. I want the prize. And I'm going to run to win the prize. The choice is yours. We're going to sing. I want to invite you to stand with us this morning. You have a choice to make today. What team are you going to be on? We're going to sing a verse and a chorus. If you want to come and pray, maybe you've never accepted Christ and you want to do that, ABC, and you want to do that, you can come to an altar and pray. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you want to rededicate your life, recommit, reconfess, re-repent. You can do that today as well. As we sing, would you pray and ask God to show you what you need and respond in obedience? sang about it earlier how can I gain from his reward this is how you gain you gain eternity with him I believe it takes sacrifice to be on the winning team you might be sitting there thinking you know what I've, I've already prayed the prayer I've already accepted Jesus Christ he's already forgiven my sins but are you living and playing for his team Maybe you need to revisit that. It, it takes sacrifice. Well, I don't want to come to an altar. I can do this at home. Yeah, you can. You can do it anywhere. I, I'm afraid of what people might think if I go down there and pray. I, I have a different need that I'm praying for, but I'm afraid of what people think that I'm not a Christian. It takes sacrifice to be on the winning team. It takes putting yourself out there a little bit. Maybe you're here. Maybe I'm talking to all Christ followers here. Maybe you're watching online today and you want to do this. Put in the comments, I want to accept Jesus Christ. You can do it today. It takes sacrifice. We're going to sing one more verse in the chorus and then we're going to pray together. If you want to come and pray, we'd love to pray with you. Let's sing. His word shall not fail you.
heads with me and close your eyes. Father God, we just come to you in this moment. We thank you for your love for us. God, I thank you that you've picked us. I know for myself, Lord, there's times when when I haven't felt worthy of your pick. I haven't felt good enough. God, you even know this morning that I sat here on this front pew struggling. Why would you call me to do this? But you picked me and you picked all of us. God, I pray for that person today who wants to accept your love and your grace and your forgiveness. I pray that they would, they would confess with their mouth and turn away from their way of living and they would turn to you. I pray that they would admit that they need you more than ever in their life and they believe that you can help them take the next step in following you. Help us, Lord, to be like Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John and Saul, to respond immediately and follow you. Would you help us all, Lord, to be fishers of men and women, seeking out to tell them about the good news of your love and forgiveness. Thank you for choosing us. Help us, Lord, to choose you every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Have a great day. If your group's meeting tonight, enjoy tonight. Have a great day.